Anger is not sustainable in those cases to get you from point A to point B, but it might help you with a little burst when times are tough. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. Hey, if you're new to this show, thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, just so you understand, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers from East Idaho to learn their origin stories and be inspired by their journeys. So if, if you don't have a business or you aren't even interested in starting one, this is a great place to get to know your neighbors and businesses better. Today, you are going to be so glad you're listening to my guest. <laughs> he has an amazing story and he is very entertaining. So hopefully he'll whip some of that out as we go through today. Welcome, Travis Powell of Blue Phoenix Branding. And thank you so very much. I'm excited. Uh, you might have set the bar just a little bit too high, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already have us laughing. So okay, that's well, exactly what I I like. laugh. They may not be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll laugh with okay, you, Travis. Thank you. So you thank don't you feel very like much. you're alone. <laughs> Travis, I think the listeners would like to know about Blue Phoenix branding. What is it? Oh, I guess my elevator pitch here, which I've yet to perfect after two years in business. Uh, we sell swag, essentially, which uh, your marketing collateral, promotional products, branded apparel, and print marketing collateral. We've been doing it for just over two years and are just having a tremendous time doing it. So it, when I go... Um, to a business and they give me stuff with their logo on it, that might be something that you have done. There's a very good chance, at least in this area, that I did do it. Uh -huh. uh, if you get lip balm from a dental clinic, uh, I probably sold that lip balm. It's very much something I pay attention to. I even know your business. I know which pen that you give out, even <laughs> though I didn't do it, Renee. I know which pen it is. <laughs> oh, see, you're revealing our secrets here. Well, we'll have to talk later, yes, Travis. See, <laughs> I like my pens that we give out. So oh, it's a very popular model. Okay. Yeah. And you could get it if we needed it. Oh, I know exactly where to go. All right. Perfect. Glad to know that. <laughs> well, that being said, there are different businesses like you. I mean, there are several different businesses that do the same type of thing that Blue Phoenix does. What sets you apart um, from the other people who do that same type of work? So in truth, we are really a dime a dozen. Uh, you could go online and find some fantastic vendors who sell exactly the same thing we do. And I will be honest, we draw from the same pool of resources. Um, we don't do any productions ourselves. We, we source that out to suppliers who will only work with the distributor like us. And uh, within this city, there are undoubtedly at least 12 to 15 who offer the same sort of services. So that becomes the question, what do we do different? Yeah. Uh, one thing that we're extremely good at, it's always a cliche. Well, we just offer great customer service and everybody will say that. I think where we find our strength is in analyzing who the ideal client is finding the vertical markets where our abilities best align with their needs. I always say uh, if their purchasing strategies and philosophies align with our selling philosophies, then it's a great fit. Uh -huh. uh, those customers who are disappointed in our service, and as much as I hate to say it, we do have some of those, it's because they're not a great fit for what we offer. And we've done them a disservice by pursuing them or, or not telling them they might be better going to the guy down the road. So by recognizing who we're best serving, uh, we are able to offer that supreme customer service. Well, I love that. I think there's so many things that you just said in that message for business owners especially. Sometimes we're just so worried about paying our bills. We'll take anybody's dollar and not everybody is the right fit for the type of business that we do. We've certainly learned that in automotive repair. Yes. We aren't the right automotive repair for everybody. Um, so I love that, that that applies to your business as well. Right. And after only just over two years in business, it very much was I needed anything that came my way. And as we discuss further, uh, the audience will see that there were some challenges in our way that required us to make money any way we could. But we have fine-tuned those strategies to, to really focus on where we can be most helpful. Yeah, yeah to be who you are and Absolutely. how you fit your customers. So tell me, is swag important because it's just free stuff and my customers <laughs> love it? Is it critical to my business success? What is, 
What is it about having swag? Talking in generalities here, uh, I would say it's 100% one of the most effective means of marketing. Uh, nobody, and with all due respect to anyone who sells radio or billboards, nobody thanks you for a commercial that, that interrupts their favorite program. Nobody thanks you for the billboard that that interrupts your beautiful drive. You got beautiful uh, <laughs> scenery and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's this ugly billboard. But with swag, they thank you every time. And they not only do that, they will keep that swag and they will refer to that on a regular basis. So the return on investment, if you choose the right promotional product piece, it blows most of the other marketing mediums out of the water. Yeah, it's funny. We had a little plastic garbage receptacle that fit in the cup holder. Yes, I've car. seen that. Yeah. And people talked about talk to us about it all the time. They're like, oh, I love that thing. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> it's a one I'm or two so dollar glad. product, yeah, but nevertheless, so good. it served a purpose and it tied in very well with your type of business. Yeah. Now, I dare say as much as you like your pen, it's the Mardi Gras. If memory serves, I think it's red. I don't know. Uh, you don't know, but I know. Um, uh, if you switched out that pen to a cheaper pen, people would probably let you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and they remember like, those things. I would know because I use those things. I Absolutely. Like <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what your inspiration was to start this business. Has this been something that you've done all your life? Is this what you were you a little kid and you're like, I want to sell swag? <laughs> like, how did it come to be this? I at one point wanted to be a veterinarian, but I'm actually allergic to most animals. Okay, well that kind of back. You've seen about 10 animals at the house here, so it doesn't work very well. Uh, no, out of high school, I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to do any of the church obligations that uh, were kind of expected in my hometown. And I went and worked at a little print, uh, or I guess copy and a shipping place. And so I, I really stuck with that for about eight years. I got out of the industry for about five years. And then in 2008, we all remember the economy tanked yeah. and the business I was in uh, went bankrupt. Oh no. And so I came back and we were in Southern Oregon. So I came back to Idaho and worked for, for a place uh, selling print collateral. Had never been a salesperson before, was so scared. Yeah, it sales can be so scary. Mortifying. Yeah. And I don't have a handsome face to lead me through the door. So I had to rely on skill and, and uh, charisma, I guess. Uh, anyway, that was 100% to be a print salesperson. Okay. Uh, about five years into that, one of my top clients, they were opening up a cancer center. And he said, Travis, I want some lip balm and I want some bags to, to advertise this cancer center. I'm like, well, that's great. Uh, go find some. Yeah, but because we don't do that. I had no interest. Uh, Everything I did for this customer, we had the ability in-house to do, whether it was brochures, uh, catalogs. I didn't like the thought of sourcing out and losing that control. Okay. And he kept pestering me. I was like, there are a million places to go to, leave me alone. And finally I relented and I gave him prices. He's like, no, those are higher than everybody else's. And, and you're like, well, I told you, this I, is not yes, what I do. I am the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, and he's a dear friend, by the way. And it, he's one of those customers you get to know well enough that you can just tell it yeah. like it is. Like, quit bugging me. <laughs> he, okay. he certainly told me how it is a few times as well. Uh, anyway, we eventually did probably like a thousand lip balm and 3000 totes. So it was a nice order. Yeah. Well, three weeks later, they're like, okay, we need to reorder. These have been so very popular. And all of a sudden it was like, aha, this is something that I enjoy infinitely more. Uh, a brochure doesn't excite me a whole lot. When a brochure comes in, I don't dance around because it's the coolest product ever. Yeah. A, the, the latest tech gadget. Now that's exciting. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I was inspired. So we went from 100% print to 90, 10, 80, 20 until fully 50% of, of my sales were promotional products. Wow. And I was extremely passionate about it. And this was, of course, at my previous place of employment. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I was let go from that place of employment. And uh, I cannot see myself doing anything but what I was doing. You just loved it so much. I have a passion for it. Uh -huh. Absolutely. So you decided to start your own company. Yes. All right. So yes. talk to me about that. So that's where the Blue Phoenix branding. Blue Phoenix from. branding. There was, uh, those who know Phoenix, it's uh, rising from the ashes. Okay. So when I was let go, it was really a low point in my life. The that, previous. That was not something that you had 
seen coming that was kind of a no in all fairness i was kind of preparing uh-huh. i really feel that within six months i would have left of my own volition uh-huh. because at least in my mind and i want to be completely fair i was no longer working at the place that i loved before it had changed my my perception is that it had changed okay uh and I sell with passion and I sell with heart mm-hmm. and I sold extremely well. But once I lost that passion for that business, I honestly could not, I, I could see myself dipping 20, 30, 40%. So you leaving this was going to be inevitable one way or the other. I do believe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. came to a head and I was let go and it was fairly sudden. Yeah. Now within three days, I had gone to uh, Cleveland, Ohio. We are Blue Phoenix branding, but we're powered by Proforma. So we're an affiliate of Proforma, which is the number two print and promo company in the country. Okay. With over about $500 million in sales. So is this like a franchise? Uh, Essentially, yes. Okay. Okay. So they provide a lot of the back-end support, the buying power, uh, collaborative opportunities. Uh, In truth, it's such a dynamic changing market right now that without the backing of something like uh, Proforma, it would be extremely difficult to survive yeah. and to thrive. Yeah, I would imagine because just like you were talking about when you first started with your with the oncology center, you didn't have buying power at that point, right? It no, was no, none whatsoever. Like, I'm going to the market and shop shipping, you know, shopping whatever's out there. Yes, so. I was part of a national franchise at that point, but it was a print franchise. It wasn't the so, same. So yeah, so saying my name, this is who I'm with. Like, that so? didn't really excite people. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we grew that enough to where that name did start to mean sure, promo. And sure. I actually trained a lot of other stores because I was that excited about it. Yeah. So you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Why? Cleveland, Ohio, because I called them and I said, look, <laughs> I want to start my own business. Got it. And it was recommended to me that I join forces with a powerhouse like you. Yeah. So great. they flew me out for a discovery day. It felt like family. The founder of the company, Greg Mazzillo, just happened to be there that day. And immediately, it just felt right. Yeah. I'm a shoot from the hip guy. I don't research. If it feels right, that's what I go with. <laughs> Good and, for you. And then, a, uh, and then a week later, flew to uh, Ohio again for new owner training. Okay. And we did we did it backward because with franchises, there's like a ten day cooling off period. So we kind of so you don't have buyer's remorse. Signed the something like that. I yeah. think. So we went to new owner training really before we were a new owner, and then waited out that ten days. And so essentially. Probably about the 28th of December of, what year was that? 2017, I guess. Uh, just over two years ago, we were officially Blue Phoenix branding powered by Proforma. Got it. And, well, that's where some fun and, and some crap began. Well, why? I mean, you were just going on with your own business. Uh, very true. Um, but I had signed, I will I will admit, I signed a non-compete a oh, number of years prior. Okay. Now. I had not even read the non-compete because the place where I was employed, I loved it so very dearly, and I saw Wasn't no even reason. In your mind. No, I, I was never going to leave that place. Yeah. And again, my perception was that changed, and I stopped loving it. Uh, nevertheless, the circumstances of my dismissal caused me to think that they would not dare to challenge it. Sure, sure. I was wrong. Oh, <laughs> so you were aware, even speaking to the franchise, that you had you had this non-compete, but you were like, it's probably not going to be anything. So yes. you were going on with your dream of having your own business. A hundred percent. The general consensus, if you talk to most people, is that non-competes are really unenforceable. Okay. Uh, what I have since learned is that really the person with a lot of money it doesn't really matter right or wrong or, or the legalities. If, if you have a lot of money, you can prosecute fully and, and really put somebody who, having recently been fired and built building a new house you know, the year before, uh, you can probably effectively put them out of business right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we had gone to the greatest showman as a family, and uh, which I liked at the time. And I ended up loving far more. My wife played it 24-7 for the next nine or ten months of or course. so. yes. We all have, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we were driving back, I got an email, and it was from a lawyer. 
and it, it really sucked. Yeah, wow. Just, I, I'm a high anxiety guy. I actually medicate daily to help with the anxiety. <laughs> so um, that was like over the top, probably. Like, it, what, what am I going to do now? A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, um, and they made it clear. It's like, you will take down every Facebook post. You will not talk about this in any way, shape or form. Blue Phoenix will not have a social media presence whatsoever. And I, I want to be careful and and tell this 100% accurately. Uh, understand this has been over two years, so yeah, I'll, I'll try to yeah, be yeah. careful as much as I share that. Yeah, I know. So, and certainly we don't want to put you in any kind of a position that you can't talk about. No, stuff. But no. it's fascinating to learn about non-compete because I think what you say is so true. So many of us are like, eh, non-competes don't... Don't, right. can't, won't hold water and so I'm fascinated to learn so go ahead you were ta- you were saying absolutely so so we received that email we received uh, we were served with letters a few days ago and I'm like okay I will stop yeah so you, really for, you didn't have a choice no no uh, and we had we had to change our whole focus because in truth Renee I'm, I'm quite good at what I do I had a very big, big book of business. I did not take anything from the former place of employer except what was in my head. Sure. The problem is I do have a really good memory. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I do understand that. I was like, okay, they're going to go after me. So I will honor the non-compete. As a general rule, I like to honor a contract anyway. Sure. I, I would note that if the conditions under which a non-compete are signed change drastically, there need to be protections in place to help that employee who signed it. Got it. That would be my one point of emphasis. And when I have resources someday, I will try to influence legislation uh, to help the little guy mm-hmm. against those type of things, even though that could theoretically come back and bite me as a business owner, should somebody decide to break off from me. Yeah, right. Uh, and that will be interesting to see when I'm on that other side, if I can be as uh, open-minded yeah, as I think yeah. I am now. Yeah, it's a good thing to kind of think about uh, um, affecting change when you have that different perspective. Is it going to be the same? Yeah. I feel like at this point, I'm still not a fan of non-competes. Yeah. But again, if there can be some protections in place. Uh, so we strategized for a month. Even my sister in South Carolina who wanted business cards, I said, I don't dare. It's they become had you clear. So scared. They have me scared, uh, spitless. Yeah. I need to enunciate that. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> but right. it was it was because both. Because this is a family friendly. Very show, much so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank and you. I can be a little salty sometimes. <laughs> um, and so I turned that business card order down. So wow. for a month, no income, no revenue. Wow. And spending two hundred and seventy-five dollars an hour on legal fees. Wow. Now within three months, the biggest industry trade show is in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's essentially hundreds, maybe thousands of suppliers. Again, that's who, who does our products and thousands of distributors just like me. Yeah. I was used to being a big dog. Um, and all of a sudden I went to that trade show and I was a zero. Mm. I didn't like it. The challenging thing and the stressful thing about this, and this is where I have problems with the non-compete. I was in full compliance at that point, but they said, you will not have any social media presence for a year. Doesn't matter where you do business. They said, because you operate out of your home, even if you're not doing business locally, because you operate out of your home, you are in violation. You will not attend any trade shows. So they were furious. Maybe, uh, let me be careful on my phrasing with furious. Uh, they seemed to feel that me going to a national industry trade show in Las Vegas was in violation of the non-compete. And this, is, and this was a tough thing. One of my best friends in the entire world, my favorite supplier, love her to death. I've adopted her into the family, whether she knows it or not. She had to call me the week before and said, we have to cancel our appointment with you wow. because our company who does, who's actually the fifth biggest in the industry, deals with thousands and thousands and thousands of distributors. We were told that, that we would be sued if we even talk business with you. It, it seems like they were very aggressive in pursuing this non-compete with it was, you. It, it was aggressive. Wow. And I, I, I recognize they were trying to protect their interest, interest. Uh, but nevertheless, um, she had to cancel that, and, and she said our entire company, who will be at this trade show, will not be able to discuss business with you. Wow. You can 
come and say hi, but we cannot discuss any projects or any products whatsoever. So we went to Vegas, which is truly generally a highlight of my year, just with this cloud of gloom hanging over us. I took my wife, uh, she was new to the industry and is, is and my partner. And you already paid this franchise fee, right? To be a part of Blue Phoenix? The, and the beautiful thing about this franchise is if you have industry experience and they see the value, they do not charge that because they know they'll oh, make it goodness. on royalties. Yeah, good. And generally they'll make it back really quick because I'm a million dollar seller. Yeah. Well, yeah. it turns out they did not make any money on me for a long time. I, I appreciate them sticking <laughs> with me. They took a risk. They didn't know maybe. <laughs> they, but yeah. Very much so. <laughs> um, so we went there now and, and here's a terrible thing. So this gal who's just a rock star in the industry, she made the mistake. Uh, she hadn't seen me the first day. But she wanted to say hi. Sure. And so she sent a text and, and said, hey, are you going to stop by and see me? And uh, unfortunately, she forgot that was a former work phone. So my former employer uh, got that message and he actually left a very long voicemail for her, threatening her with litigation. And so it became very clear to me that we were going to have a very tough go of things. We Yikes. decided, uh, those who are in East Idaho recognize that 60 mile radius outside of Idaho Falls is a whole lot of sagebrush. So wait, that was in the non-compete? The non-compete, do... yes. So outside of 60 miles, which 60 miles effectively means there's nothing but sagebrush yeah. for another mm -hmm. 100 or so miles. Sure. Uh, one of the other stipulations, because this particular business has uh, locations in other places in Utah and Idaho. It was all around everyone. That they claimed I could not do 60 miles within any of those. So effectively, it was a 60 mile wide um, swath that, that went maybe 300 miles into Utah. Of and, course. Yeah, and and yeah. so we had to look at the map and we said, Twin Falls, Idaho, <laughs> which is not a big city whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so that became our strategy. Now, as we pursued business and I would drive down to Twin Falls, did not know a single person at all. So could you have a website? Well, we could have a website. Well, they, they said we could not have a website, of course, but yeah. they said we could not have social media. So Nothing we, to promote yourself. We had but... to fight for the right even to have a Facebook page. Hmm. Wow. So as we are traveling, bringing in no income, blowing through our retirement on legal fees and financing the business with credit cards. Uh, wow, was... that's rough. How did you not just decide maybe this isn't what I shouldn't do? You know... That's an excellent question. Uh, first of all, I was mad. A chip on the shoulder. Uh -huh. uh, it can get you a long way. <laughs> right, absolutely. The, the other thing, we live in an area where even some of the white collar jobs, a marketing director I might be well suited for, are still not going to provide the level of income that I had prior to that. Uh -huh. yeah. I feel like I have a gift for what I do. Yeah. And I uh, and it, you weren't going to leave it. I wasn't going to leave you that. You're going to be bullied out. Of I it. have. It, that's exactly right. But I have so many industry friends that if I left the industry, I would never have any contact with them again. So, did the non-compete have a time limit? You it's one year. So, okay. gratefully, that was not terribly onerous. We had sent a few proposals back and forth and said, "Hey, uh, what if we do this? Uh, we'll give extra time." And, um, and they were all rejected and that's okay. But it essentially became clear that Twin Falls was where we were going to make or break. And, okay. and Renee, <laughs> there is no way we should have survived that. Absolutely not. Why? Tell me. You were commuting for one because you stayed living absolutely. in Idaho Falls. Yes, absolutely. Uh -huh. We were very house poor. Again, we just built, this is a fairly nice house. Yeah. So we were very much upside down on it. And, and in truth, I didn't care to give someone the satisfaction of losing my house. So there's, a, again, <laughs> a chip, chip on the on shoulder, shoulder can be- keeps coming back. Absolutely, yeah. it's mm -hmm. no longer yeah. there. Okay, good. But in truth, it did help yeah, it drive us during some of the darker times. Yeah, sure. I think that you're not alone. I think that there are people that that is exactly their their drive. And, and in some ways, I'll show you, you know, that you're not gonna kill yes. me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anger is not sustainable in those cases to get you from point A to point B, but it might help you with a little burst yeah. when times are <laughs> tough. So then you, you commuted from Idle Falls to 
Twin it's Falls. almost 200 miles. And started what? Knocking on doors? Yes. I remember. <laughs> I looked and I think Twin Falls has about 50,000 people. So it's really not a big market. Yeah. And I pulled up there the first day and I do not like cold calling. And I looked down on that city and I'm like, I can't do it. I had done it before. I hadn't cold called for years because my reputation was such that business just came to me. Yeah. And in truth, that first time I just drove around because I was too chicken and I said, I'm going to go after this business and I'm going to go after this business. I didn't want to do it right then. Yeah, right. I you wasn't just make ready. your list. Exactly. Which, <laughs> you, there's nothing wrong with that, but at some point you have to knock on that door. Yeah. <laughs> and you must have done it. I did. Uh, I, in fact, I went to uh, the next week, I joined the Twin Falls Chamber of Commerce. And honestly, that was probably our last, last two or $300 uh, to do that. But uh, what I found at that, it's an amazing Chamber of Commerce. And I find not all chambers are created equal. Yeah. Uh, but I found a family that day, a very open and receptive audience. Why? That quite, well, <laughs> first of all, I put a promotional product on every table. Okay. And, and swag. It, we it love was, swag. Yeah. In, in this particular case, it's really a drink candle that you can add to your drinkware. But it could also be construed as, um, it was like the day before Valentine's. And it could also be construed as some sort of handcuffs. And, <laughs> and, and I, I think a few minds went a little crazy Where with that. And, and they had that. some fun. And and I kind of had that reputation. And it was amazing just that how you quickly. were fun? Yes, uh -huh. absolutely. And I I think I... Yeah. <laughs> you're either going to think I'm funny or you're not. And I'm certainly in the <laughs> I think I'm funny camp there. Yes. Uh, and, and, and what I found is it is a fantastic community. That's great. And that so many doors, those doors, those are just opportunity. And all they are, if you can look at those doors as just a friend who's waiting to meet you, yeah. it's so much easier to go into. Yeah. Uh, and you don't even did necessarily you, know that they're going to change your life when you meet them. So did you have to go through that kind of mindset change in the beginning where you went from fear of putting yourself out there and cold calling to that, no, these are opportunities. Yes. How did you do that? Like, what was the switch? Uh, to some degree, it's hunger. Yeah, you just had to. Right. And, and in truth, and of course, we were in legal proceedings for probably maybe six months dealing with some of these things. Um, but some of the things that I went through, I kind of felt like it can't be any worse <laughs> to knock on a door and have someone say no. Yeah. And so this is truly where, boy, the challenges, they'll make or break you. Mm -hmm. And I look back on it and say, I had a choice. It could have gone either way. And, and it made me. Yeah. Wow. It's super powerful when I think about it and um, your tenacity to just make it work. But I loved what you said, hunger. Um, sometimes we have to be in enough pain. Yes. To do things that we don't necessarily think we could do or definitely don't want to do. Absolutely. And I will tell you that now, two years later, I have no problem walking into any business if I have ascertained that they're a good fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to meet somebody today that 10 years from now, I will say they changed the tra trajectory of my business. Yeah. And, and I have customers right now that I do business with here and have for the last 10 years, didn't recognize when I met them just how big an impact they would have on my career career trajectory. Yeah, wow. But I know now. So have you seen, so non-compete is done. Yes. You're out of all of the legal stuff and they can't do anything more to you and your business. As correct? long as I play nice and I fully intend to. Well, wait a minute. When you say that, what does that mean? So um, the non-compete, you're out of any legal responsibility. As far as that goes, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, you're if, if I were to nice. slander, yeah, yeah. No, you then absolutely, that. that's a different story mm -hmm. altogether. But yes, it was uh, essentially December 1st, uh, a year ago. And I will tell you, <laughs> it was like Christmas. The huh. night before, I was in Twin Falls for a business after hour. And I drove home and it was snowing terribly. And, I, and in fact, I... There's construction by uh, a Burley Interchange, and okay. I took the wrong route, which <laughs> I, I often do, by the way, because I'm in La La Land, and I didn't care because I was so very excited. I had that very next morning scheduled with a previous amazing client who waited for a year. 
Oh, so you had clients out there that wanted you that Absolutely. knew they couldn't do business with you. I was very clear. Oh, wow. And, you know, and I would argue as a side note, that's one of the challenges of, of non-competes is it does to take away client choice. Sure. Yeah, because um, they, they're like, well, it's me. I want to pick this and you aren't an option. It's no longer an option. They know I'm doing business somewhere else, but I was very clear. I'm not even going to stick my with, toe in. Yeah, nothing. Because why would I? Yeah, right. Um, but I had, uh, there is there is a business south of us that was uh, combining two of their entities and they had a major grand opening coming up a few months later. And I sat down, I think there were eight members of the marketing team. And it just felt, it just felt like this triumph. I can't even articulate how it felt. You're back home. Oh my goodness. My, my clients are my family yeah. and they're my friends. And my clients know my kids and they know my strengths and they know my weaknesses and that makes them more sticky. When we have events, you know, we'll have client facing events, lunch and learns. I've got my 16 year old daughter who will be there at table talking about swag and stuff like that. And while I will say that some people might think that's not terribly professional, my clients love, love that. Yeah, it's the family. Thing. It makes them extremely sticky and it does not take away from the professionalism whatsoever. What advice do you have for people who are in this no-win situation? Maybe it's not a non-compete, but something else that is giving them such doubt and fears that they're paralyzed going forward. What kind of advice do you have for people who might be in that situation? There's sometimes a pivot point. Uh, I will. I mentioned that I have anxieties uh, after a, a very tough letter from a lawyer. As we first started, I decided that I was going to go down in, into our TV room and just watch The Office because uh -huh. I was done for the day. And that's a show that I can, I've watched it 300 times every episode. So if I fall asleep and miss five episodes, I can pick it right back up and <laughs> quote Michael Scott verbatim. Um, and then after three or four hours, I didn't realize it, but my wife realized it, that I was sinking. Uh, yeah. And that if I sunk much you further, were numbing. I you was had done. just totally numbed on The Office. I was, yes, <laughs> I was done. And she came downstairs. Now my wife suffers chronic migraines. And so, and just was diagnosed with celiac disease. So she's had a really challenging four years. Yeah. Um, in, in the midst of that, she came down and said, Travis, you're sinking. Again, I didn't recognize it. You have to get up because I can't carry us right now. And, yeah. she, and I was mad because yeah, I was yeah. enjoying my, so she forced me Your to do that. Your pity party. You were right. liking this. Yes. Absolutely. For, so for those people who are, whether it's anxieties or whatever standing in their way, sometimes it will require someone with a little bit of faith in you or, or again, you're hungry, whatever the case may be. There is a pivotal moment where a choice has to be made that will affect your, your future 100%. I think if I had been there five, six more hours, I would have been there watching The Office for days mm -hmm. and days mm -hmm. and days. It is simply, you just have to get up and you simply have to find. I, I think too many people settle for less than their talents dictate. I think within each of us, there is a power that we can't possibly comprehend if we can believe in it. And as we believe in it, and as we have that swagger, that strut, whatever the case may be, you know, just like a horse senses when you're scared and behaves accordingly, if we're walking around with that powerful belief in ourselves, other people will sense that yeah, and it out. will open doors. I will tell you that I could talk for hours about the doors that opened for us in Twin Falls when I needed financing because quite frankly, the credit cards were all maxed out. Yeah, right. The, uh, I had met the right person a month before. The one person who had some creative financing solutions with a community development that was able to help us. And without that, it would not have happened. And I can list so many opportunities where absolutely the right opportunity was there, but you simply have to move forward. And, and if the door won't open, kick it open, whatever the case may be, it's all out there. Oh, I mean, so much power in what you just said. I mean, especially being brave enough to just put yourself out there. We're so often paralyzed by fear of being judged or whatever, I'm not good enough, um, that we hold ourselves back. I. I think it might have even been my last episode. I talked about a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And he, um, man, talk about put yourself out there. 
<laughs> you feel like you're living far below your potential when you listen and not in a guilty way, but like, wow, the human person can do this. Imagine what I can do. Um, and so I love, 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 love that message. Thank you. So have you always, I mean, you are clearly passionate about this work that you're doing. Did you have any, um, glimpses of this in your youth? Have you, no. had, you weren't an entrepreneur? Horribly anymore? unambitious. In fact, again, I, I alluded to the fact I didn't want to go to college. I was content just to manage a little printing copy shop. And I yeah. think my parents despaired that I was always going to be stuck in this rut. I didn't want to get my driver's license until I was 16 or 17 because I was too scared to drive the streets of Rexburg, Idaho. Oh, it's, it's frightening there. Yes. Yeah, well, no, they're all 90 degree corners. It's as easy as it gets. Uh, this ambition and this drive is a very, very new thing it's that probably thing. didn't manifest until its 40s. That's awesome to hear. I think it gives us all hope. My own son who didn't get his driver's license and because I just, <laughs> it's just easier to let somebody else take care of you. It 100% is. Yeah, and yeah. maybe my parents, wonderful parents, they might have erred in doing too much for me. Uh, we, we are all guilty. Uh, of no, absolutely. Things. I see that in myself. I want to protect my children. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to kick them out the door and say, you go get it. Yeah, that tough love has a lot of <laughs> aspects to it. Well, how has your family influenced your business? I mean, you talked a little bit about maybe your parents coddled you a little too much, but did they have any influence in your business then when you decided to? Or what about you talked about your 16 year old being a, a part of it? Your wife is in the business. So it's, it's kind of a family thing. It 100% is. In fact, more than people would realize. I'd first of all say my dad here in the, in the local area was a banking legend. Now, he passed away just two years ago. 18 years ago, he had a stroke and it severely impacted his abilities. He was a commercial banker for Wells Fargo back yeah. then. Now, his reputation was such that even after that, and I will be honest, Renee, he could not... In fact, I would not say this if he hadn't just passed away because it was embarrassing to him. Because it was just two weeks ago? It, it, just yeah. over two weeks ago, yeah, he passed right. away from a heart attack. It was very sudden. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, he's embarrassed by some of the things he couldn't do. He, sure. he often couldn't do up a belt. Uh, he would put a shirt on backwards and not realize it. Yeah. He, in fact, he put my mom's sweats and he was twice her size on, or twice her size. He put her sweats on and didn't realize it. These are some of the challenges that came with the brain damage that he incurred. Yeah. Nevertheless, his reputation was such that the bank provided support for a number of years to fill those gaps. Wow. Um, so, so the name Wiley Powell was always. I should not have said the name, by the way, because it's still a tender and emotional I, time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, he was. I, I'm the Wiley Powell of promotional products. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is he my taught feeling. you well. Yeah, I, I think he did. And um, and tenacity, certainly. And tenacity. Absolutely. In fact, there is a story uh, during, uh, obviously, there were times when he probably couldn't add 20 plus 10. As a banker, that's that's a severe handicap. I should note, I'm in branding and I'm semi-colorblind, so I, I don't tell people that right. very much, but now they know. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> He, he does a good job. We all like have our crosses to bear. <laughs> yeah. But we talked about cold calling earlier. And my dad, um, there was one year after his stroke that he won a pair of fancy dress shoes. Not because he was the best banker, because he no longer was, but because in all the area, he made more more cold calls than anybody. Wow. And he ordered those in my size. Well, almost my size. They were half size too small, but I still wore them like a badge of honor. First of all, because I do like my fancy shoes okay. and these were well beyond my budget, but because it was a lesson in tenacity, he just kept going forward and what That's a powerful fantastic. lesson. Now I have one dad left, my father-in-law. A year and a half ago, I called him and said, look, we're going to come visit. I can't do business in my hometown, but maybe you can help me in Southern Oregon, which is 800 miles away, open some doors. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that way we could at least ride off the gas. Well, it, so he did that and he saw, and I think you can tell I'm passionate about what I do. And he saw how fun it was. And so in his mid sixties, I think, yeah, he's, he's just older than dirt. Um, <laughs> Be careful. Some he of did, us are closer No, to <laughs> I know. And I treat my people well, but he's my father-in-law, yeah, so I got to give him this. grief. Of um, course. Um, 
And uh, he's like, okay, Travis, I'm in. And I'm like, what, what are you what talking you about? Yes. I did not even ask. So in his mid-60s, when most people are thinking about going and finding the golf courses on a daily basis, he decided 180 career switch. 180 degrees. Uh, he was a truck broker. So if you needed a truck on one side of the country, yeah, yeah. he would find it and he would set that up. There's yeah. nothing in common with that. Right. So uh, He left that and came to work for uh, you. Transitioned from that because he saw how fun it is. How he fun. loved the thought of having local clients that he could build some fantastic relationships with. Even this last week, he was in Fort, Fort Worth, Texas for an industry trade show. And he is having the time of his life. I love it. And uh, now I will say this means I have to talk to my father-in-law on a daily basis. I guess so. There's, so. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> like you can't hide from that one. No. And uh, <laughs> and he knows I hate phone calls, but he loves them. So, but I love seeing the joy that he has. Yeah. And we we brought on uh, we absorbed a a small marketing firm once uh -huh. the non-compete was up. So the team is growing. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, I love it. Tell me, Travis, what advice do you have for anyone considering leaving their nine to five and chasing their dreams, uh, maybe being in somewhat the same situation that you were in? Well, we've heard of golden handcuffs. Yeah. And that was, I alluded to earlier that I, I thought within six months I was going to have to be gone regardless. The simple question is, could I have afforded to leave a six-figure income? I wanted to leave. I thought I would. Would we take that plunge? Yeah. That's tough. I can't 100% say. Uh, the simple fact is, if you play the long game and recognize that short-term pain will be severe, but if you have faith in yourself, if you have faith in the business model, then you can 100% achieve those goals. And if for whatever reason you fail, our daughter, once I was let go from the previous job, I, I think at the time she was probably 11, she panicked quite a bit. The kids were very much Sure, they felt that uh, same scared. anxiety that you guys were feeling. And we tried to make it a little gentle. We, we didn't let them know I had been fired from my job. We, we let them know we had decided to take a different journey, which is 100% true. Just yeah. little gaps weren't filled in. <laughs> yeah. And my wife said to her, it's like, you know what? What is the worst that can happen if this fails? We lose the house. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we still have our family. Mm-hmm. I cannot see that I could achieve my full potential in the previous place of employ employment. Yeah, yeah. The vision's no longer aligned. Now, it is his business, and so his vision is what is important, and I 100% agree with that assessment. But for me, with my vision and my philosophies to really achieve the potential that I feel like I need to, I needed to move on, and I think so many people need to do that. Now, if you have any contractual obligations, that's my nice way of saying non-competes, because to me, non-competes uh, on par with a lot of four-letter words. <laughs> um, consult with your attorney. Uh, try to understand what you're dealing with and have a plan in place to go beyond that. We had no plan. If this market did not pan out immediately, which it didn't, it took us a month to decide where to, there was no business plan, no mission statement, but again, pure hunger that this was going to work. Uh, if I had at my own pace, spent the six months saving, making plans, it probably would have been less painful. But at the same time, the associations that I've made, the things I have learned are incredibly important uh, and extremely helpful. So I, I, I truly could not trade some of those pains. I've lost some friends, uh -huh. but I've gained so many more. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it. You can't, um, people I'm sure have asked you, would you do it differently? And just, you know, what I'm hearing from you is, well, you would have given up all of these opportunities. So yeah, it could have been less pain. But what I love too about this is, it's what I call the cosmic shove. Something similar happened to me where I had been in a career for 26 years and got the cosmic shove, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's a better way to no put it. Actually, going to do this yes. anymore. And, um, I needed that because I have, they, the world has opened up to me and it never, ever would have before. Yes. Yeah. I, I put limits on myself. I didn't even know. It's, it's a human condition. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love that cosmic shove concept. That's a hundred percent correct. I, I think I would have shoved myself, but I'm not altogether certain. I know. And thinking of the things I have missed as a result, if I hadn't, or if this hadn't happened, I just can't comprehend that. Now, my biggest grief, again, 
I have a very sick wife and it would break my heart to see the stress that this put her through. We had received, again, I say I was fired. They actually disagree. So we, we got a letter that says unemployment was denied for that reason. And I came home and she was just crying. Yeah. And plus her rabbit had died two hours before. And the I, whole world was I crashing. I know, a in. rabbit and no unemployment. And <laughs> right? it would have been such a short gap anyway because we started our business uh, so quickly. It just felt like the world, I, I can handle it. And I know she can, but it really hurt to see some of those stresses put upon her. Yeah, I, uh, we always hate when it affects the, our family. You know, you, yes. when it's you, it's one thing. But when it's the people you love, that's a whole nother. 100%. Well, Travis, it's been a pleasure to be able to listen to you. We'll be sure to put, um, I'll put in my show notes, the link to Blue Phoenix Branding. So if people are wanting to check it out, they have an opportunity to do so. So thank you again for being on the show. You did not disappoint in entertaining us. (laughs) Yep, you definitely meant that. And it's absolutely clear to see how your enthusiasm for your work and for people in general has helped you to be successful with your business. I think... You're just going to continue to rock it. So I look forward to seeing all the swag around town that you've curated. (laughs) And perhaps we'll see you in a superhero costume somewhere. Absolutely. I love wearing (laughs) spandex on a regular basis. Uh, Spandex is no protection from the cold. so uh, (laughs) No judging. You might as well walk around naked uh, if you're wearing spandex, aside from the inappropriate factor. So... Come spring and summer, uh, I'll be rocking the spandex and a, a super cape. For, he has been known to do this, listeners, so just watch I'm shameless. <laughs> As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Rexburg and Idaho Falls. If you're looking for automotive repair where you don't have to worry about honesty and integrity, then you absolutely need to come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Welcome to the business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon, East Idaho Business Conference held every November. And it's coming up, not soon, but it's coming up. So mark your calendars. November 5th and 6th, if I am recalling correctly, will be for 2020. So be sure to plan ahead, go to IdahoRiseCon.com if you have any questions about that. And don't forget that Rise is spelled with a Z. Also check out their sister event, which is RiseX. And you can find information about RiseX at RiseX.io. So go check it out. And there's so many great things happening. The pricing structure has changed with RiseX. And it's just super affordable for anybody who might be interested. And Honestly, you should be interested. Just great things happen there between businesses, um, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Um, okay, so today I wanted to continue with the theme. Last week I started talking about um, I'm doing a presentation in uh, Orlando in May, and I've been putting together my slides. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is um, it's around recruitment and retention, and I'm saying a rather provocative statement in this presentation of where I'm going to say you have a problem with recruitment and retention because you're too busy acting like a manager instead of a leader. And I'm going to talk to them about the difference between a manager and a leader. So last week I talked a little bit about, um, I probably, it was really more about being a control freak. I think I cashed it in more of the rescue, fix, save. But my story last week was a good example about how I was a control freak and I needed to let my staff rise and I didn't. Um, And so that's one of the ways that we are acting, that we act more like a manager than a leader. A leader develops their team. And I certainly did not give my amazing team member and opportunity to do that. So if you want to listen to that, please be sure to check out last week's episode, episode 50 with Cameron Taylor. Can't believe we've done 50 of these. It's so fantastic. I've just had a blast and I hope to do 50 plus more. Um, So this week I want to talk about another thing that I think is a sign of a manager rather than a leader. And that is having it be, sorry, when we are more concerned about being liked than being effective. 
And what do I mean by that? Because I think we all want to be effective managers, effective leaders, but real leaders um, can put away the, I have to be liked and it's all about me and all of those emotions that we feel around how people feel about us and whether they like us or not. And, and if I'm a cool boss or a cool owner or whatever the case may be, clearly you're not supposed to be a jerk because that also drives people away. But if I'm more worried about being liked than being effective, I make decisions that make it kind of miserable for my team members, right? I let people get away with things they really shouldn't because I don't want to put my foot down around it because they might not like me. And the consequence might be that they leave. And I can't have that, right? I, I It's hard for me to get staff as it is. And so we make decisions that are really more about being liked than being effective. And several episodes back, I told a story about one of my colleagues and her interaction with this. And she asked me, I don't, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to tell them what I need to tell them. And I challenged her a little bit with, you know, I think you know how. You need to, you need to ask, actually ask the question, why don't I? Why don't I say the things that need to be said? And instead, I resent those individuals, and I talk about them behind their back, and I complain about the work that they do. Um, you got to decide what you want, right? If you want to have a structure and not be crazy around all of these things that are happening, you have to really look at why are you making the decision not to have those hard conversations? And there's a million reasons why, and I'm not here to judge one of them, because I tell you, I've been in in that same situation. In fact, Kevin and I were having a great conversation around this. We have a small business, and all of our team have grown up with us. And so we are a family, and we certainly have found ourselves in a position where There are decisions being made because we want to be liked rather than being effective. And so we complain about stuff, but yet we're not willing to do the hard things to change them. And, you know, it's finally coming to the point where we don't have choice anymore. We've got to make some decisions. And it's unfortunate that we weren't brave enough to do that long ago. So learn from my mistakes, learn from Kevin and I's mistakes, and really think about Are you more worried about being liked than being effective? And it's okay if that's the kind of business that you want to run. No judgment. But understand that we don't have a right to resent our employees or the things that they're doing when we're not willing to be brave and stand up and do the things that we know we need to do. And quit saying, I don't know how. You know how. You just need to figure out why you won't do it. So have those conversations with yourself. Be brave. um, Start making little changes. The sooner the better so that you're not way behind when you know that you've really got to make some hard decisions in your business. All right. Be a leader rather than a manager and um, a great business owner in the process. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and we will definitely be here next week. Hopefully, you'll join us. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.